Hello everybody, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to It Takes Two, a podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and we watch and discuss them. And in this week's episode we watched Dune 2021 and most of OG Dune, <laughs> but not <laughs> yes, all of it. Yes, so IMDb, to- so I've never seen any of Dune, any, any version of Dune, I don't know anything about Dune. Um... Whereas Nick is a Dune expert. And uh, IMDb told me that the plot of Dune Part 1, the 2021 film, is covered in the first 98 minutes of Dune 1984. So we watched, or we put a timer on when we started it, um, but then we actually finished it 8 minutes short of that. So we, we watched 90 minutes. Yeah, we watched 90 minutes of the original Dune movie. Yeah. So we watched Dune and 90 Minutes of Dune. Yeah. So, so um, when referring to 2021 Dune, I'm just going to say Dune. And when I say o- OG Dune, I'm talking about the the, the first Dune movie. Um, I would have thought OG Dune was the book series. Well, yeah. That, that, don't let's, let's, let me complicate things. With... We'll just call them Tim Dune and Kyle Dune, right? <laughs> Tim and Kyle? <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a lot I have to say, um, but I'll let you, the, the, the Dune novice. The Dune novice? I don't know where to start, because I have taken a lot of notes for both films, and I probably will not get through half of either of them. Um, I will say, I will give the world, well, we'll say again, spoilers. Yeah, massive spoilers. Um, I will give you the one-sentence review that I gave you in person already about um, the Dune 2021 film, which is, it is the longest trailer I've ever <laughs> sat through. It did feel a little bit that way. Um, I have said for a long time that a singular, even a trilogy, even two movies, which I, I think it was supposed to be in the drawing notes, the 2021 one was supposed to be a trilogy, and then the network shut it down so it ended up becoming a, a twin movie mm. um you can't do books justice unless they're either tv shows or mini series and i think like my favorite book of all time world war z by max brooks it should have been a mini series not a movie and i feel the same way now about the 2021 dune as i did about World War Z, which is it should have been a high-budget miniseries. And reality is, these days, a miniseries like Game of Thrones, well, that's, that's a maxi-series, um, is profitable. It's not, a, it's not a waste of money. It's not a waste of IP. It's not a waste of production value. Mm. And yes, I am aware of the Dune TV show, and I watched one episode of that, which I'd seen years and years ago when I was way younger. Um, and the one thing I will say about the Dune TV show, it's uh, it reeks of 90s sci-fi when the costumes would have cost more than the paychecks for the extras. Right. That's all I have to say yeah. about the um, original the TV show. But you must feel similarly about the 1984 Dune in terms of adaptation and not taking long enough to do it. Because if, if the, like, 
I, I felt like I was in the cinema for five hours. So it's a five-hour Dune part hours. one. The two-and-a-half-hour Dune part one. Was it three hours? I think it was like three hours. Yeah. I don't know the runtime. It felt like a very long time. Um, if, if the two-and-a-half to three hours of Dune part one is encapsulated in 90 minutes of the 1984 Dune, surely that pisses you off as well. No, because the 2021 version, um, which I still have problems with, is far closer to the book mm. than the, what we just watched. Yeah, no, but I mean, you when you watched the 1984 one originally, you must have thought, there's no way they can make this film, make all these, like, multiple books or whatever into one hour and a half, well no, whatever, however long it is, two hour movie. Well, if you notice between um, OG Dune and 2021 Dune, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff within what we just watched that's been cut out. Yeah, there's a lot of exposition as well in the 1984 Dune. It's been, I, they kept telling me everything. Can I also point out one thing for that? Yeah. That is in the book. A lot of that is in the book. Uh, no, I 100% believe it's in the book, but I feel like um, Denis Villeneuve really tried, and whoever, I don't I can't remember who actually wrote the screenplays for the 2021 did, but I feel like they really, really tried to show us as much of it as possible. Yeah. Whereas the 1984 Dune is like, oh, well, it's written down already. I'll monologue it. Yeah. Let's do an internal monologue for every character. Like, there was points where I was like, is someone reading their mind or can we just hear everyone's thoughts for no reason? Okay, so that is one of the downsides for me as a book fan mm-hmm. of the 2021 version is, yes, to do a good movie, you have to show, not tell. Yeah. That's why The Mandalorian is a fantastic TV show, because it's showing, not telling. Mm -hmm. The issue is, is within the book, those monologues that you keep hearing of people's little snippets of what's happening is in the book. And to me, that is more closely to the book than it is to, and the OG movie, Mm. than it is to the 2021 one. Um... Yeah, but, like, you can do that without doing the way they did it in 1984. Because that's... The example you brought up was Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones books alternate between different people... The Game of Thrones books. The Song of Ice and Fire books (laughs) alternate between different people's perspectives and their thoughts and their whatever. And the Game of Thrones TV show does the same thing. Now, I won't get into where the TV show ends up because I gave up on it halfway through. But it does separate out the individual characters and what they're going through and how they experience things um, without giving them all inner monologues. Yeah. Um, whereas, ugh, the it just really annoyed me because it's like sometimes they're in a room with a person who might be able to read their mind and I'm like, oh, it's Paul just reading that person's mind and then it'll be someone like just walking somewhere by themselves thinking something and like, oh no, this one I'm just hearing someone's thoughts. So it makes it more confusing because I don't know when someone else can actually hear this or when it's just in their head or like it's and it's just like random snippets like someone will just think one sentence and then continue having a conversation with someone and it's very jarring 
It may appear that way, but when you read the book, you'll understand why. Is there's so much lore and so much backstory yeah. and so much expanded universe. I tried to read some of the IMDb trivia for 1984 Dune, and there's there was too much about my game up because I got bored reading it. But one, <laughs> but one of the things that it said was during the original release, um, cinemas handed out cheat sheets explaining the the setting and the lore and the obscure vo- vocabulary. Yeah. So they literally, the film is so not good at explaining it that they had to hand out sheets telling people more about the lore so they'd understand what the hell was going on in the movie. Yeah. That's not a sign of a good movie. <laughs> David Lynch, hang on, what did David Lynch say about it? Um, look, I will see, while you look at what David, David Lynch... Lynch said, he considers this movie to be the only failure of his career. He refuses to talk about the production. He refuses to uh, participate in any special edition DVDs. He says revisiting it will be too painful an experience to endure. He refuses to watch the Denis Villeneuve movie because he doesn't want to be reminded of his own failure. Okay. That's how he feels about that movie that he directed. Okay. That's fine for his opinion. That's his opinion. <laughs> um, I thoroughly love the OG Dune movie is because for me... Uh, at a young age, that was my first introduction to the gothic, grim, dark, um, uh, like hard, hard sci-fi universe. Right. Okay. Like I had watched um, Star Trek, mm-hmm. and that to me is it's 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 a utopia. It's yeah, it's a utopia, and literally, people have made articles about it about why. And how the the how the Star Trek universe works within the premise of the show, mm-hmm. and why um, there's I could say something that a thousand people have already said before, so I'm just going to skip it. Dune OG movie is the first example for me when I was a kid of high level gothic, grim dark science fiction, okay. where um, there is so much lore. And so much interesting stuff that's hiding in the background that it's very hard to translate from paper to screen. And for me, the reason I love the OG movie is because it opened my eyes and changed my... It's like Norsica of the Valley of the Wind is the same thing. Because before I saw that movie, every cartoon... Well, in my mind, cartoon, but animated movie at the time Mm -hmm. was Disney. Like, I'd already seen Disney where everything's... Oh, it's not. They're not going to have like a actual conversation. They're just going to have a song and dance about it, where the princess swings around and then the birds appear. And I thought you were going to say that everything is really nice in Disney movies. There's so much oh, yeah, dark yeah. stuff that happens. In Disney yeah, but movies. then if you look at the original like um, Tales by Grimm. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they on. definitely, they definitely watered down by the the yeah. watered down the Grimm fairy tales yeah. a lot, but they still kept a lot of. You know, yeah. not great stuff in it. Okay, let's talk about the major differences before we get in. No, let's talk about the, the similarities between the two movies first, shall we? Because okay. I think it'll be easier for you, and then we can go into the negative after all the all the differences after, and then I will go on a giant random tangent mm. rant. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what similarities do you want to talk about? Um, well, you're the fresh, freshy. You got the fresh eyes. You, freshy. you, you tell me. You, <laughs> you tell me. Um, Can I just point out one thing? What? Um, 
Dune 2021 is that ongoing meme of how society wants men to dress and how men want to dress. Because the costumes in Dune 2021 are freaking amazing and the costume design needs to win an award mm. because I love it. Um, go. <laughs> Um, Tell me your thoughts, oh, young Padawan. I don't know. I mean, the, the Dune 1984 opens with a character that I didn't know existed from watching Dune 2021. Oh, and yeah, she's super important to the story. <laughs> she, she does not exist so far in the in the more recent Dunes. That's the Emperor's daughter. I didn't know the Emperor had a daughter. Correct. Um, I liked that the Emperor, right at the beginning, has like his villain speech where he just gives away his whole... Plan yeah. Immediately, he's just like, and uh, the whatever the creature. Okay, I have a lot of questions about because you you know yes, the lore, so yes. explain this to me. Okay. The weird creature thing. The navigator. He, the navigator is that what it is? Yeah. I'm gonna try and find every note that I wrote about it. So they were humans, and because of generations of uh, exposure to the spice melange, they basically mutated, and now they can fold space time, which is their version of. FDL fast and light travel. Okay, so I the first thing I wrote about him was well, actually before beforehand was before they opened the container that he's contained within. Oh my within. god, the practical effects are so good. Okay, I love the little entourage he has. Yeah, but that was the that was what I, the first thing I took a note about was because the emperor sends away his person and then he's like, "We are alone," and I was like, "There's fifty people here. Yeah, you're not alone. There's like literally fifty people here." <laughs> Um, and then I wrote the face of Bo, big brain leaving for no reason. Yeah. Because he reminded me of both of those. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out where he came back. So it was when they were traveling. Um, and I think I called him a worm fetus. Yeah, worm fetus. I said, this is what I wrote. Is that worm fetus farting them across the galaxy? And then I said, is he farting and vomiting? He's shooting fire out of his hope and heart cavity thing. And then I just wrote the word what in all small letters. I just don't understand what... He just, like, farted at them. Okay, so I have seen some fan fiction. No, fan fiction. You've seen some fan fiction about the worm creature. I've seen some fan art that portrays the navigators much better than what you see on screen. Um, Yeah, I'm baffled by it. Because they just look like... Uh, what's the easiest way to put it? Um, I think in the book they're not as weirdly whale fetus as they yeah. are in the what movie. What the hell was that? Yeah. I just love his little... Did you see the two dudes, like, vacuuming? <laughs> That's my favourite, the two dudes vacuuming. It's great. Um, yeah, it's a weird... It's a weird So thing. I'll explain the hierarchy of the universe. It basically goes, at the top is the Spacer Guild. So they are above the law. Mm-hmm. They are basically a secret society that literally controls all interstellar travel okay. in an interstellar like. And that's what he's part of. Yes, he's part of the. Yeah, I got that impression from him that he. Felt and then like you he have was... the Landsrad, and then the top of it is the Emperor, and that is the well, he's the current standing Emperor. And as the nineteen eighty four Dune kind of explains to us, there are only four important planets in the whole universe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's sort of like there's a weird, <laughs> there's a weird. Um, so basically, the the Spacer Guild and the Bene Gesserit are both above the law. Mm. Um, can I give spoilers to you? 
that it helps explain That's things? That's up to you, because you didn't want me to watch the end of Dune 1984 in case I spoiled it for myself. Okay. So... so but <laughs> things that have already been mentioned, like the Kwisatz Haderach. Yeah, yeah the, okay. the Messiah. Yeah. Jeebus. So, yeah, so the Kwisatz Haderach is the um, Bene Gesserit mother except the male version. Yes. So when you become a Bene Gesserit um, and you drink the water of life, it allows you to read all the, like, know all the memories of your ancestors. So that's why they have this weird, bizarre um, breeding program going on. So they're trying to refine down... Um, the best genetic code all the way to basically creating a messiah. Yeah, and Jessica decides to go off and be rebellious and thinks, I can create that, and no, goes against was, their wishes. Because they want her to only produce daughters. Yes, and the reason they wanted to produce daughters is because they wanted to marry um, Jessica's daughter offspring to Faye Harkonnen. Yes, to join the Join families. the two houses yeah. together. So, um, because uh, Jessica loves Duke Leto so much, she was just like, I'm going to go against the wishes yes. of like my order and produce my son. Yeah, so it's interesting because in the 1984 Dune, it's very much uh, like explained as the Duke wanted a son, so she wanted to give him a son. Whereas yeah. in the 2021 Dune, it was very much as she thought that she could go out on her own and create the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and in the book, it's very similar to OG Dune. Okay. Um, so there's this sort of weird, um, religion building where the Bene Gesserits have sent out missionaries and one of the missionaries has ended up on Arrakis. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason that they have this Messiah myth within their religion. Right. Um, um, and that's how... Sort of basically, that's how it's gone through with the Fremen have this like Messiah coming, yeah. And it's because the Bene Gesserits were there mm -hmm. and sort of spread the seeds of their like you know, their prophecy, their prophecy, which is yeah. their, basically their, their little form of control, their little puppet strings. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't know anything about this whole the like chosen one thing yeah. when I watched it first. So when I was watching. 2021. 2021. I was wondering, was it going to, like, because I knew, because obviously 2021 starts with an explanation by Chani, is that her name? Yeah. Um, and then you, and then it cuts to Paul and you, you're following Paul the whole way through. Um, so I was wondering, was it going to be like a Romeo and Juliet star thing? And then I was like, or is this like a Moses story that he's going to find his people and lead his people to whatever? Um, and then when they started mentioning Messiah, I was just like, oh, another Jeebo story. Yeah. And then they were just like, they were talking about the prophecy, they were like, a mother and a son. And I just went, do you mean the Madonna and child? Um, you really seem to like, for someone who is not religious and not Christian, uh, you really seem to like Jesus stories. <laughs> this is the third time, we're only on, this is like the 12th episode of our podcast, and it's the third time we've talked about Jesus, I believe. I find the Messiah stories play heavily on science fiction because for me as a agnostic person who doesn't believe in organized religion but mm -hmm. does believe in that whole quote that technology so advanced would appear like magic to us because we're so primitive, right. um, the higher power ideal. Mm -hmm. um, I love the way that science fiction takes a story uh, like, uh, you know, creationism or, or Messiah 
and then warps it in a way where it becomes science fantasy. Yeah. I really like it. I definitely thought we were getting a Moses story earlier on in 2021, Dune, and then it became more of a Messiah, Jesus origin story. Yeah. Um, which I kind of disappointed. I actually, I feel like I would have liked it better if it turned out it was a Moses story. But, like, he was descended from the same people as the Fremen, and the Fremen were his people. Well, this could still happen, I suppose, but I don't think it's what's happening. Um, and that he was going to lead them to, you know, controlling their own destiny or well, whatever the case um, may be. The thing that isn't explained in... Um, I don't. We've done this backwards, but it doesn't matter. The thing that isn't <laughs> explained within um, either of the movies, um, maybe a little bit more, but they stayed away from a word and it pisses me off. Um, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, House of Trades are Spanish. Like, it's a Spanish it's influence. Greek. No, because the whole bullfighting and um, um, Vendetta being mentioned... Oh, and because so the IMDb and stuff said it was so they were Greek. I always found them Spanish because the bullfighting. Well, fighting, Atreides is a Greek name, isn't it? I guess so. And they speak Greek, or they speak yeah, they speak Greek, Greek and Latin. I think in the movie in the twenty twenty one movie. Maybe you're right. Maybe we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, we could always look that up. But the the influence that the Fremen have. Um, being from a completely desert area is their Middle Eastern based on Middle Eastern people yeah. and the the word that they use in the book and in the OG movie mm. is jihad. Oh, okay. And they took it out of twenty twenty one and I was like, Oh no, because they've literally gone People won't understand what this means, and they'll disassociate it with this. So therefore, we're not going to like. Right. And it's a, another one of those pandering to current audiences, rather than the fact that literally, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. The exact same thing. Yeah, um, that's fair. For enough. people at home who don't know and don't remember the last twenty years of our existence of this 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 lovely twenties, um, it means religious war. So war based on religion. Yeah. Um. And that is a major part of Fremen culture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted a quick, quick and dirty version of like the history of Dune, yeah, it's it, that word comes up once, and it doesn't end well for everyone else. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, there's. I love the original Dune uh, for the practical effects. They are dated, and I love scale models, and I love miniatures, and the problem with 2021 is, do not get me wrong, the CGI in 2021 is the highest budget, like, best quality, like, right up there with everything else you've seen in the last year, quality, quality, quality CGI. The problem is is it's still CGI and nothing's done practically and it all comes off to me. There's no consequence to it because it's not a real thing exploding. Yeah. It's just a bunch of 3D shapes getting set on fire. Yeah. Um, budget, budget, budget is right because it's a $165 million budget. Yeah, for a part one of a movie. For part one of a movie. Yeah. 
how long of a story. Well, then again, this movie has only been out for like a handful of weeks. It's what, well, what, six weeks or something? Seven, eight weeks? In, well, it's only been out for two weeks here. Yeah, as we're recording. As we're recording. Um, I think eight weeks total worldwide, and it's made $393 million back already. So. Yeah. Uh, so they're definitely, you know, I guess they had the budget to spend, but they're, yeah. they're getting it back. But like I said, I think, I think there's a, for me, growing up with, you know, sci-fi when it wasn't, like, mainstream and wasn't a 300 million at the box office sort of thing, well, that's so far. Um, for me, it's always been practical effects, like why Jurassic Park OG stands up and yes. even World looks shitty now. Yeah. Um, and, and we have this, we've mentioned it multiple times in the podcast before. The Lord of the Rings trilogy versus the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, CGI, because it's not real, because it can't, it ages very quickly, it just has, for me anyway, watching science fiction, is, it doesn't have that intimacy, it doesn't have that grip, it doesn't have that, you know, mm. like the new Star Wars movies versus the old Star Wars movies with their yeah. actual ships. Yeah, and but it's, I'm, I felt when we watched, because I know I took a note about it, watching the 2021 Dune, that whole set of where, of the town they live in on uh, Arrakis yeah. looks like a miniature. Yeah, that looked like a miniature. I, like, I literally watched it and went, that looks like it must have been a miniature that yeah. we shot there, because it, it, it feels real. Yeah. But there's no way they built a whole town, you no. know. Um, so they did use practical effects as far as I can tell in the Some 2021 it, yeah, game. Yeah. From what we can tell without you know there's no behind the scenes yet because the Blu-ray DVD 4K hasn't been released. <laughs> um, still in theatres. Please see it. Oh wait you can't because this is coming out later. Um, the, pro- knowing Dune it's probably still in theatres yeah. in most places because this is coming out. This is the first time we've ever recorded an episode within the two weeks prior to it being released. True. Because we normally try to record a bit in advance. Way in advance. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, going forward how this movie's received by non-fans. Right. I haven't looked at anything about how it's been received by yeah. anyone because I don't... Well, I wanted to avoid other people's opinions and avoid spoilers, etc., etc. Because it's interesting for me because, like... Um, on a random tangent here, uh, which is what a part of my part of my thing, um, we both saw Tenant together on a date, mm-hmm. and that was fantastic. And I bought it on four K, and I haven't watched it again. And I think that's mainly because it was so good in the cinema, mm. and it was so punchy that it's not one of those movies where I could just literally pick it up and watch it in an afternoon when you're, say, at work and I'm yeah. home. Like, it's, or, you know, it's not like a, hey, let's watch a movie together. What do you want to watch? Oh, we could watch, you know, one of the 90 things that's been released on Netflix or Disney Plus or yeah. whatever. It's not the movie I'm like, oh, let's just grab Tenant and watch it because yeah. it is so heavy. Yeah, it is a good movie, though. And that's what <laughs> I, yeah. But we haven't watched it again. It's yeah, literally yeah. on the shelf out there. Did you buy, you bought, I feel like you bought um, Into the Spider-Verse at the same time as you bought yeah, Tenet? You, you yeah, watched and I watched that, me. yeah. Yeah, without me. Um, yeah, no, I was showing it to someone who had literally never seen a superhero movie before. Well. Who listens to every episode of our podcast, I think, so. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to you. <laughs> you know who you are. You know, you know who you are. 
But I mean, I feel like Into the Spider Verse is a good movie to show someone who's never seen a yeah. superhero movie because it's fantastic, and you don't necessarily need extra context. No, um, helps, but not really. Okay, yeah. uh, back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, I I think for me, I think the little little jihad dodge um, and well, they might still bring it up in the second part. Maybe because they, I know they definitely still try to have you know, bring in that Middle Eastern influence into it. They wanted yeah. it to be, you know, they wanted to recognize that in what they've created. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if they do. Because they've brought in, obviously, like I said, they're speaking, I think they were speaking Greek and Latin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the other thing that I thoroughly loved about um, doing is not everyone just speaks English. Mm. Which is fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's also interesting because it's obviously set in our universe, but yeah, ten what what is that ten thousand one ninety one so eight thousand years from now yeah, um which makes sense, um but my fr- I didn't realize that my first uh, my first indication that it was set in our universe is the fact that there's a character named Duncan Idaho and I was like why the hell would the word Idaho exist. Yeah, sci-fi universe. <laughs> so then I was like, is this our universe? And then when I looked it up after, I was like, oh, it is our universe. It is supposed to be. I... And that's how I got onto the whole Greek and stuff, because there were different... The different uh, houses have relationships to different Earth cultures. The thing about Duncan is... He is so much more badass in 2021 version. Yeah, um... I, like, I didn't give a shit about Duncan Idaho in the 1984 version. He just shows up and you're like immediately less impressed by him because I've seen the 2021 version. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. who's this guy? And then he's there for like 10 seconds and then he dies later on and you're like, oh. he d- Literally, he dies in one shot and that's it. Whereas Duncan Idaho in the 2021 version is like Boromir. You know, he's getting yeah. up after being... He's, he's killed multiple times and he's getting up and fighting more. So in 2021... And the book is where Duncan Idaho dies. Right. So in the book in 2021, that's the right point. Okay. The OG movie, yes, there is a lot less importance put on Duncan. Yeah. Which completely screws up the rest of the story. Yeah, because Duncan Idaho in the 2021 version um, is what the person who builds their relationship with the Fremen. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he's like going, he's gone there in advance and he's met up with them and he's like learned their culture and... And he's trying to find out like if there's more Fremen than the, than the Lansrad think there is. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's really like really expressive and really like interested in it and thinking like this is great, these people are our allies, we're going to get on great. Um, you know, there's so much we can learn from each other and whatever. Whereas this Duncan Idaho is like, oh yeah, they might be allies. Yeah. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Um, also, the in the OG movie, he is killed by a shot to the head. Yeah. And he's wearing a personal shield. Those shields, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> They're ludicrous, I know. <laughs> the shields are ridiculous. They're so ridiculous. They're unbelievably ridiculous. And when they do that fight at the beginning, Between, the practice one, I was like... Patrick Stewart? Yeah, with Patrick Stewart. So Patrick Stewart is fighting... Um, Kamal Lachlan. I was going to say Timothee Chalamet. He's yeah. not. Yeah, he's doing yeah. two different movies. Um, uh, I knew that it was a shield. 
I mean, even if I hadn't seen the 2021 one, I would have known that was a shield. Whereas in the 2021 one, I was like, what is this? Yeah. What is happening? I can't, I took a weird note about it, but I can't remember what it was, so I'll try and find that as I'm talking. But, um, yeah, so the 2020, or the 1984 one, it was obvious it was a shield, but it looks ridiculous. Yeah, they're wearing... Looks utterly ridiculous. They're wearing giant orange glowing... Boxes. Boxes. But they're clearly animated. They're yeah. not, it's not even, like, special effects. It's like someone has hand-drawn it in MS Paint, you yeah. know? And then... And it, as weird as it looks then, when they go to actually fight in a battle in it, it's it's like, what am I watching? It's like, <laughs> did a child make this? Has someone just drawn over the film, you know? They look terrible. Yeah. When, how early on was the, um... Like, right in the beginning? Yeah, I thought it was right in the Josh beginning. Josh Fallen? I'm sorry. I did, totally went... Very, very stream of consciousness in my notes for this 2021 Dune. So literally, I'm just like, why is Zendaya the narrator? Big, dusty battle. One day they just left. Sad boy, Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> um, spice. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my big problem. No, here's the thing. I'm going to say my big problem with the 2021 version, but it's not a problem with the movie. Um, it's obviously... I assume it's a commentary that was being made by Frank Herbert. That's the author's name, Frank Herbert? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, I assume this is a commentary he's making the books, but it just, the characters totally irritated me because of it. And it's, they are so privileged. They're like ridiculously privileged. The Atreides family, they're just a bunch of rich, privileged people who think they can, who are like, and they show up and the Fremen are like, this is our place. And he's like, uh, no, the Emperor gave it to me. I own you. And it's like, what? You're trying to be their ally. And you're just like, no, no, no. The Emperor gave this to me. Your home is mine now. So there's one sequence in the 2021 one. 21, 2021 Yeah, yeah, you said that correctly, movie, but it sounds weird. Yeah, that is missing from the OG movie. Mm-hmm. And that is the relationship building and the showing of Duke Leto being a good father to Paul. Right, And there's a tiny, tiny snippet of that in the OG movie. Yeah. But one of the most important scenes that shows what the Atreides are like and what um, Duke Leto is like is removed from both those movies. And me and Floyd talked about this um, the mm-hmm. other, when I you know, mentioned I'd seen the movie and we had a chat yeah. about it and you were like, la, 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 because we were talking spoilers the entire time. Yeah. Because he's also read the book because I suggested it to him and he absolutely loved it and he kept sending me text messages every day. Yes. Shout out if you're watching, brother. Um, oh, he's always listening. Yeah. He'll be in his car driving to work. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a listen. Or he'll, he'll, be, he'll be live blogging it to us in, yeah, in yeah, a yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> there's a sequence which is missing from both, both movies. the movies, but it's in the book, and it is a sequence where, um, after they arrive at Arrakis, they sit down for dinner. It's mm-hmm. a dinner, and it's a formal meeting between him and the Emperor's um, ambassador, which is Kynes. Right. And with them, that they have, when they enter the room, there's a giant bowl of water and everyone washes their hands in the water and they're not being careful it's it's like standing still water like a like a yeah like a punch bowl full of water and the water's splashing over the side and they're wiping their hands on cl- cl- like clean linen and just dropping it on the floor mm-hmm. and there's like a puddle 
right. on a planet where it never rains and water is like the most important resource. Yes. And he goes up to the person who's collecting the water off the floor yeah. and says, what are you doing with that? And they literally explain to him that they're going to the front gate of the palace to sell it to people. So this right. is water that people have washed their hands in yeah, and, and it's been, been on, on the floor. floor. And Duke Leto loses his shit. Yeah. And he's like, this is unacceptable. Take that water and give it to them for free. Yeah. You're not making money off our like dirty hand water. Yeah. Like you scumbag, mm-hmm. and that's when Kine, because we're in that. So, you the both movies, the introduction to Kinds, and I will talk about the gender swap because it fine, you know, this day and age, cool, any character can be a male or female. I'm perfectly happy, I've said that many times with growing up with um, female leads, Ripley. Um, you know, so on and so forth in science fiction and science yeah, fiction's Ripley, always been... Ripley and Ripley and Ripley yeah, and Ripley. Yeah, sorry, Janeway. Um, <laughs> who else can I mention? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, um, but there, yeah, anyway. Um, the mention, they have this sit-down conversation where Kynes is just like, oh, he's another tyrant here to boss the Fremen around right. and use the planet and take the spice. Yeah. Because... Despite the fact that he's like the ambassador from the Empire yeah. to Arrakis, he is so involved with their like sort of underground guerrilla like fighting. Yes. I um, think that's obvious in both movies. The issue for me was is that um, ad- uh, antiquated as it is, when the book was written, um, the genders in. Um, Freeman culture served different purposes for their um, lifestyle. Okay. So switching the gender doesn't actually make the character make any sense. Okay. Because the then Kynes wouldn't been like a forward observer for the Freeman and gathering information. And despite yeah, because that's it, just it, it throws a little bit of a little bit of a. Did the production team not read the book? Did the production team not do their research thing? Mm. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that it was a female character. It's just the fact that it doesn't work within the narrative of the law. Fair enough. And it just was sort of... That was the one irksome piece that I was like, why do that? Mm. Like, okay, you wanted more female characters. Like, there's another missing piece, and I'm sorry that I'm going on a tangent here. It's okay, I expected this whole yeah, episode to be cool. going tangents. Um, so, both movies, no. Only the OG one talks about the traitor. There's a traitor in, in yes, the household. Yes, I don't think you get warned about him in, in the Okay, new so one. within the book... There is a huge explanation of the traitor. Mm-hmm. Like this traitor thing is an ongoing, ongoing sort of continuously ballooning thing. Yeah. Where even when they get to um, where OG movie where we finished it and twenty twenty one ended, there is no answer to who the traitor was. Okay. It's only Paul and Jessica who know that. Um, Dr. Yui saved them. Right. But you don't actually know until they meet up with... Spoilers, spoilers, I'm not going to tell you. Um, but in the book, there's there's this traitor thing. Duncan leaves for Arrakis not knowing who the traitor is. Yeah. 
Um, and the um, everyone thinks it's Jessica. Right. Okay. Everyone thinks the trade is Jessica. Right. Um, and the when the Dukes killed and Paul and Jessica are found alive and Duncan Ho- Duncan Idaho um, reunites with them before the um, CH is attacked by the Harkonnen, uh, well, Sasadika dressed as Harkonnen, um, and, and where Duncan Idaho dies in 2021. Yeah. Literally the first thing Duncan tries to do is kill Jessica. Oh, okay. Because in his mind, She's she was the traitor. a traitor, and it's just missed out, and it's like... Jessica, for me, in the in the OG movie, is such a more flushed out character than the uh, in, than the twenty twenty one one. She's such a mess in both of them. I don't understand because she's supposed to be like strong and rebellious or whatever, but we just see her being a weepy mess in both movies. Yeah, and it really annoyed me. Yeah, so that's you know if 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 I was in the production team and they were like, oh, we're going to recast this character, I'd have been like, no, how about let's focus on making Jessica. The actual character from the book. Yeah. And Which is like, it's a it's real the, shame because I know um, Rebecca Ferguson is a good actress. I've yeah. seen her be a good actress. Yeah. The thing that really annoyed me in the 2021 one was the um, the um, fear is a mind killer mantra right. is Paul's. Yeah. Not Jessica standing outside the door like muttering it yeah. and him hearing it psych- like... T- telepathy. Yeah. The other thing they've missed out massively, which annoyed me in both movies, which I'd hoped they'd cover in the 2021 one, is, uh, you know the Mentats? The what? The Mentats. The dudes with the stained lips. In the movie we just watched. No. So they're like the... You don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, you know the guy with the tattoo on his lip? And his eyes roll back in the back of his head in the 2021 one? I can't remember the... Char- like, um... um Piter and, um, damn it, why can't I remember? They're, the the, the Mentat characters. So basically, I'll explain. Wait, okay, where, where, which planet are these people on? Each, each house has one. So these are the, the guys, the guys with the crazy eyebrows? Yes. In the, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So crazy eyebrow guys are Mentats. Yeah. Now, Mentat is a order of, um, human but yes. the issue is is that okay so within explaining a little bit of law here um the ai rose up and ai was destroyed and no one's allowed thinking computers anymore okay makes sense um because there was basically a genocide and it went back the other way and it was like the humans won in the robot war and uh and uh, matrix um so thinking computers have been banned so that's why they have to use um, the spice, uh, the navigation navigators to transport spice um, through spice through interstellar travel because they don't have AI that can pilot it themselves. Um, that's why they each house has a mentat, is because you need a basically a walking around super calculator in your pocket. Okay. Um, n- really random tangent here. Um, sorry, I've gone off on a rant. Mm-hmm. The issue is, is that in the book, Paul's going like through the like Mentat for beginners training. Okay. So he is already at a level that's above like 
me, you, and the average Joe Blow who isn't like... Right, so he's so not an idiot like he is in the 2021 movie. Yes. Where he's just a moron the whole way through. And he's like learning... This pissed me off so much. He spends so much time on his home planet learning about the Fremen and about Arrakis. And he learns about... Like we learn that, you know, the worms are attracted to repetitive sounds and rhythms and... Um, that the Fremen get across the desert by doing this like special walk yeah. um, and then he t- hears it again somewhere else and then when he's out in the sand he doesn't do it he doesn't tell Jessica about it and I, the whole time I was like why are you not doing your special sand dance they do it sand- in the 2021 one not for ages they spend ages walking around and then and then they're like and then later on he's like oh yeah there's this walk I learned about and they do it for about 10 seconds and then they start running which makes it worse um, in the 1984 one, as soon as they are about to step on sand for the first time, he's like, Mother, we must walk like this, the walk way the Fremen do. Walk without rhythm or you will attract the worm. Yeah, yeah, and but it's like, so rhythm, I literally... never the worm. What? It's flourish from the soul. Oh, okay. Because um, I literally wrote in all caps when I saw him do it in the 1984 one, I got very excited that he was doing it. I was just like, oh, Jesus, where is this? Way down. He tells her about the sand walk. And then I just said, this Paul is much more prepared. Yeah. Because he literally seems to know what he's doing. And because he also has the, um, he has the thing, the thump or whatever. Yeah, he has a thump. He's got one of those with him to divert the worm. He's like, we'll do this to divert the worm. And then we'll do the special walk. You also remember that they jumped out, cut out that entire section from when they dropped off in the ornithopter to, oh, the 2021 design of those were fantastic. The like the the four bladed helicopters. Yeah, yeah, I did. I wrote a note about it at one point because I was like, they look really cool, but they I don't understand the practicality of it. Well, basically, you couldn't have a rotating blade on Dome. It wouldn't work. Yeah. So they're basically helicopters. Instead, they don't use a perpetual circular motion to push this air down. They're using it to push it down and backwards. But that's why they use four blades. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well that's good. There's a practical yeah, use for it. The they're really well described in the book, and it's more closely. Obviously, they were just doing weird practical effects. I don't know what they were the, doing yeah. in the 1984 one. Um, so that whole section where they get kidnapped, uh, drugged, kidnapped, and get stuck in the back, and then Paul uses a voice to get them to remove Jessica's get gag, mm-hmm. and then they crash, and then they spend the night in the still tent. Yes. Then they end up meeting up with um, the um, Duncan's party. That's right. when they get still scoots. That's when the Harkonnen attack. That's where Duncan gets killed. That's when they escape. Okay, so they're not supposed to have the still suits. No. Oh, okay. In so that, both movies, the still suits were left on the. No, they left them a still tent. I told you that's a still a still suit. In... No, they only get still suits after they arrive at the. Oh, where okay. Duncan's I been hiding out. I sworn they had a still suit yeah. in, the, in the other one. So that whole section, um, meeting up with Kynes and um, yeah. that whole, and Duncan getting killed, yeah. like saving them, is cut out. After 1984. Because it's just, and the whole storm chase sequence, which is in the book, yep. from the Harkonnen kidnapping them and them crashing in the desert mm-hmm. to them again crashing in the desert is all just cut out. Yes. Um... So yeah, it's kind of that like childhood dealing with trauma in an own their own way and own pace sort of thing. Where it's instantly in the OG movie, where in the twenty twenty one, it's more closely to the book, and Paul sort of just all struck out 
he's he's not really keeping up with what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And it's not until he meets uh, Chani that everything sort of goes and matches into place. In the book, yes. Does he get out of the ship to go to the spice harvester? No. Okay. That whole sequence in my mind was a waste of time and super. Yeah, because he just he just gets out and then just doesn't help anyone and starts daydreaming about kissing Zendaya. Yeah. Um, and then almost dies. Yeah. And whereas in the nineteen eighty four film, he stays in the ship and then just sniffs his fingers and it's like spice, yeah. and and then has like a flash and that's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the going right back to the beginning of this episode. The reason I feel like the 2021 version is just a really long trailer is A, not a lot happens in it, and B, most of what happens in it is uh, Paul having visions of the future of what's going to happen in the next one. Yeah. So I and so literally, I think I had a note at one point where I was like, am I going to have to watch all of this happen again? Do I have to watch all of this happen twice? And then um, towards the end, oh yeah, right at the end, because I only, because I kept putting in notes being like, where is Zendaya? When is she showing up? Yeah. And then I, when she finally arrived, I was like, Zendaya. And then I just said, immediately after I said, we're like four hours in already. <laughs> um, and then I was like, why couldn't Zendaya be the chosen one? Uh, I also wrote, the Christ, the Christ analogy falls apart when it's a spoiled rich kid, which I still agree with. Uh, and then I immediately wrote, I hate Paul. Um, but yeah, so it's right near the end then. So Zendaya only appears in it right near the end of the first film. Yeah. Well, I mean, she appears in it in his like, mind or whatever, but she only, they only actually meet right near the end. Yeah. And she says, this is only the beginning. At which point I wrote, oh no, how much more is left? <laughs> and then the film immediately ended. So I was very grateful that it, was only, that it wasn't only the beginning, it was the end. Um, and there's no more movies. That's the end of the whole series. No. Um, You're going to have to watch, one, the next part when it comes out. Yeah. And then also the end of the movie we just started. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I know. I'm, I'm aware, but it'll be like a year away or maybe two years away, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my notes here is like, Paul is an idiot boy. Yeah, this Death whole... to Paul. He's so horrible. The... This guy is so full of himself. If I was her, I would kill him. Um... The whole point is Paul is supposed to be an idiot. I don't like him. But I don't... Here's, the, here's my problem, right? Here's my problem. The whole Atreides family are incredibly entitled. They're incredibly entitled rich people who've gotten everything their whole lives. And I know from watching what I've seen so far that Paul is going to be like this messiah figure and he's he's already got a big head about it and he, he doesn't even know what the prophecy is. He's just like, oh, I'm the messiah? Of course I am. I'm the chosen one. <laughs> he's this idiot. He knows nothing. He's an asshole. He's an entitled rich kid and he's going to just get... Everything's just going to work out for him. He's going to be the chosen one because he believed the whole time that he was going to be the chosen one because he's a fancy rich kid who just gets everything handed to him. And he's it's just going to continue, and it pisses me off. I did, I know one of the notes that I wrote, because I saw it when I was scrolling through a minute ago, one of the notes I wrote just says, we're five minutes in and I hate the Empire already, or maybe I'm just Irish. 
So <laughs> it might explain. Yeah, maybe that's that's your issue. Um, I'm just too Irish to watch these movies. Yeah. Um, but that could be said for anyone who who was indigenous to a country that has been ruled by an empire. True. Let's see what some people from India think of Dune. Uh, I imagine they might have similar opinions to me. Um, yeah. So Paul is like. Thank you for something that uh, the the. Uh, Empire will never say thank you for bankrupting your country uh, so they the allies could win World War Two because no one ever mentions <laughs> are you, it. Are you addressing our Indian listeners? Yes, we have many. We have yeah. a lot of listens in India, so yeah. actually, thank you for listening to us. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a shame that in all forms of media, the bankruptcy of India to save England against the Nazis was never ever mentioned. Yeah. Because every single World War II movie starts with the American invasion of Europe. <laughs> well, you obviously haven't watched enough British World War II movies. <laughs> um, I've seen Dunkirk. Yeah, no, I watched a lot. I studied post-war British cinema at one point, so I specifically was watching the movies that were made in the UK immediately following the war in the in the 40s. So yeah. I've seen a lot of them. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm just it just really annoys me how entitled they come across um, and how he's literally this idiot. He's like learning all this stuff. You know, he's literally studying and then when it comes to practically doing things, he forgets it all. Um, but he thinks he's great. He just keeps getting a big head about it and then... It's all going to work out for him because he is Jesus. But he's not. Jesus was, like, not not to be t- super Catholic person, because I'm not. But Jesus was, like, raised as a poor carpenter's son. And he was, like, he was not a spoiled rich kid, you know? And he was helping other people who were as poor as him. And, you know, whereas, what what's he going to do? He's going to have this, like savior complex that he's arrived on this planet of indigenous peoples and he's like don't worry i'll save you because i'm your god your catholicism is showing (laughs) Um, you're not far off the mark and i can't really have a justified argument against what you say mm-hmm. uh, without giving away massive spoilers yeah no that's fair no i will i mean i'll watch the sequel and i'll watch the end of the movie we've just watched and you'll listen to the audiobook the uh, fully well, acted audiobook uh, will i yeah. Is that a requirement for the podcast? It's a requirement for our relationship. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's really good. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I will listen to those with an open mind. And I do, there's definitely parts where it feels like it's a commentary on that. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like he's not going to be the Messiah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of have to sort of look at the era that Frank Herbert is from as well. Um, was it when white people saved everyone from everything all the time by being rich and killing people? Yeah, but you have to understand that the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole hero story with Paul is he goes from the rich entitled kid, he goes to another land, um, in this case another planet. Yeah. And all of his power uh, and his wealth is stripped away from him, and then he has to build up again. 
that's the point okay. in both the movies where we've sort of stopped. stopped. So you're at the point where you're like, oh, he's just entitled and rich. Yeah, and me, it, in my mind, I've got the whole hero yeah, story. Yeah, but it doesn't and feel even, like he's lost everything. I mean, I know his father is dead, but he's like... And his entire house has been wiped out and his yeah, best friend's been murdered. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's fine. That's, <laughs> no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is... it doesn't, Just just in, folks. Uh, your best friend being murdered is just fine in Lisa's no. book, as long as you're rich and white. Um... No, but on, what I, <laughs> I'm not saying... No, he's experienced loss, obviously. Um, and at this point, he doesn't even know to what extent he's experienced loss. But he hasn't lost his power. He's in a place where his powers, his, like, telepathy and his, the voice and all that are yeah, but heightened. He doesn't, he doesn't know what that means at this point. In time. Yeah, but he's heard bits and pieces. So he's got this messiah complex already. Um, and where it ends in so in the 1984 one they just like meet the friend and the friend were like and oh some people you'll come with us and then Jessica subdues one and they're like oh teaches your ways let's go and that's it whereas in the 2021 version um she does subdue one of them and then they're like well now she's um you know she's better to you which means they would be our leaders so we need to have an actual fight here yeah so they have paul fighting their again again why the issue that i had with the recast of a male character to a female character is because within the freeman culture um if it's very sort of like alpha male-esque and if the leader of a um, basically, if the leader of a group is taken out by another leader, yeah. that group now joins that person and they follow the strongest. Right. Um, so the fact that Jessica is able to just kick um, his ass instantly, yeah, it, they're all like, holy shit. It's a woman and she yeah. did this, yeah. Because in their culture, that wouldn't have happened. Yes. Um, it's funny because I, that's the Jessica I would like to see more of because the Jessica we see for most of the movies yeah, and that, um, to me it was so, weepy mess. At the 2021 one, they had the opportunity to do it um, and it was just so cut down and so bullshit and it's like, and even there, yes. it's just, he just she just grabs his throat and holds yeah. him against a concrete pillar and yeah. they're all like, oh shit, yeah, you're but strong. Where I was going with this is that Paul then fights their strongest warrior or whatever and kills him. Yeah. And it's like, sweet... I'm the king of the world, I'm I'm Paul, I'm super powerful, I can beat all of your warriors, kind of thing. That's, you know, like, he hasn't, he's still feeling great about himself. He thinks he's Jesus. He thinks what? he's Jesus. Where have you got that from? He thinks he's Jesus. Okay, well, you, I guess the, the fact that I actually understand the story from <laughs> the book point of view... Um, yeah, and I can't say any more because I'm willing spoilers. to be proven wrong by the sequel, but okay. at the moment where we've left it, I still think that he is unbelievably entitled. Do you think it's the character's portrayal? Do you think it's the... Do you... I don't know. Um, is I it did... the fact you don't like empires, maybe? <laughs> um, is it the fact you don't like... It's yeah. just... I don't know. It's just really... It, like... I love how I feel like they didn't need they didn't need to do the whole like white savior thing, like bring in this. Okay, can I can I throw <laughs> out one thing that wasn't an overly used um, trope when the book was written? Right. Okay. Sure. Maybe sure. Uh, sure, I believe you. There was no white saviors before. Oh uh, no, it wasn't <laughs> overused. <sighs> Well, that's the end of the podcast forever. <laughs> um, 
be in a lease or come to a wall we can't cross because... No, like I said, arguing. I'll remain, remain open for the, the sequel. We'll watch the sequel together in a year so, or two years or whatever. sequels. Part two. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Part two is not a sequel. So, I was just scrolling through my notes and I was like, what part is this? And it's like, oh no. I, I literally wrote, movie very long. I want to go home. I'm sad there was no popcorn. I need to pee. <laughs> I was so cold. The movie, the the movie, the, the movie we went to see on the day, um, the day we went to see on the movie, it was bucketing down. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like a massive downpour. Yeah, I was still wet. My pants were still wet by the end of the movie. Did you find the movie too loud? I don't know if this was a cinema problem or a movie problem, but there were certain parts of the movie that were way too loud. Yeah, there was something hurting, weird about physically the, um, hurting my ears. It was and the mixing was off, so there was things yeah. like people were talking. Well, there was noises that were going on too loud that I literally couldn't hear what they were saying. Yeah, there was a little bit of mixing issues I found with the 2021 one, and it yeah. might have been just the cinema we were in. Yeah, I'm genuinely not sure. it would be very sure. interesting to see when it comes out on, on uh, Divda or Blu-ray. Divda, yeah. Um, um, Blu-ray, um, how it comes out, because, yeah, there was sequences where they're talking... And the music was louder than the... Yeah, the music and, was way louder. And, and I, I was like, the music I was, know the story, but I'm still struggling to follow the dialogue. Yeah, I literally couldn't couldn't understand the dialogue on parts. And it didn't help that Timothee Chalamet was very mumbly through a lot of the movie. Yeah. Um, he's also totally emotionless, which is hilarious. There's there Though, uh, Colin McLaughlin also was very, very emotionless for a lot of uh, the 1984 movie. And I thought it was really funny because there's a, there's a point where he is being totally monotone and he's just talking like this and then Jessica's like, calm down, Paul. And I was like, what did he do that wasn't calm? <laughs> he just, he kept talking in a monotone. That was a dead air for a second there. Yeah. Um, Are we, <laughs> is that when we're finished? I don't remember what notes I took about the, because um, I copied some of the let's, ideas. Let's, no, let's keep going. Let's okay. end on something positive here. Yeah. What did you enjoy about the movies? Did I enjoy them? No, there um, must be something. <laughs> there must be something you enjoyed. Um, I don't know. The I wrote something was wonderful, but I can't remember what it was. But I feel like it wasn't like an important thing. I just remember thinking, oh, that's the only positive thing I've written. Um, I was sad they didn't have pugs in the um, the twenty twenty one. What did they have? Because I... Oh, yeah, that was that's literally what I've written is Patrick Stewart going to war holding a pug is wonderful. Yeah. So that's my favourite thing about both movies is the moment in 84 where Patrick Stewart, like, runs into battle carrying a pug and one other one. Yeah. It's very cute. Uh, I genuinely have no recollection of what they have instead of pugs in the 2021 they version. Didn't, they didn't have... They have something because I have written, at one point, all in caps, what the hell kind of pet is that? Okay. But I don't know what it was. The heart plugs um, thing that they removed from the Harkonnen was interesting for the 2021 version. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I like the design of the 2021 version of the Harkonnen. Also, the removal of Faye also really pissed me off. Mm. Um, Yeah, because there's none of that wanting to marry... Because Faye doesn't exist in the 2021 movie, and it annoys me because without Faye... There's yeah, the, the no point of them being able to marry a female Atreides to a male Harkonnen to yeah. stop the war. Um, there's also a massive side plot within uh, the book 
which there's no spoilers for you mm-hmm. um, because it's not mentioned in either of the movies. Yeah. Um, the Faye is trying to take the Baron's place. The Baron is trying to encourage Faye to take his place. Right. And in the book, Baron um, Vladimir Harkonnen is a huge pedophile. And Faye keeps using, like, boy tramps to try and kill his uncle so he can become the new Baron. Okay. Never mentioned in either of the movies. I can see why. Yes. But the whole... I think there's more the um, Vladimir Harkonnen in the uh, OG movie being a more of a child-hungry pedophile than there is in the 2021. He just comes off as gross. He's, yeah, uh, the fir- literally the first thing I wrote about him was just like, Stellan Skarsgård, yucky. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård, yucky. Because um, so that, think- that whole sequence, can we go over that whole sequence? Um, so in the reveal, he um, which is in a weird place, because um, they're still on Getty Prime in the OG movie, where you get the Baron's reveal that he's, like, super gross and diseased and stuff, but they mixed it up and put it after he got attacked by the gas in the 2021 one. But that whole sequence where you see the reactions of even his inner circle, mm-hmm. where they're just a boy comes in to replace the flowers in the room of yeah. this really gross, polluted, industrial... Like, they're just constantly yeah. littering all the time. Yeah, they're like... And the, the needlessly cruel drink thing that he has, where yeah. they literally squish a bug in the thing. They, like, yeah. squish a live creature and then drink it and then just toss the yeah. cart away. The sequence where um, Vladimir Harkonnen flies over with his, like, gravity harness because he's mm-hmm. too fat. Yeah. Um, and murders a child in front of everybody. Yeah, for no reason. And you see everyone's reaction to him. Like, all of his people are like, Ugh, and, like, looking away. Yeah. And the only person who's watching is Faye. And yeah. Faye sees, like, there's a tiny hint, and I don't know if this was given the direction in the movie, or I'm just putting pieces together. Yeah. It's like Faye getting a hint of how he can kill his uncle. Right, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. But I don't know why they delete... I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen and I can't tell you. And it's it's okay. burning a hole in my brain. It's okay. It's okay. Not okay. It happens. When, in, in the 2021 version, when he floats up originally, like he's wearing like a big long robe thing. Yeah. So I, when he did it first, I was like, is he floating or is he just really tall? Because <laughs> I wasn't sure. And then it was like, oh, he's floating. Yeah. So the harness in... Is like biomechanoid where it's like plugged into his body in the 2021 version. Right. But it's like on his outside in his weird like fifth element pajamas. Um, and the 2021 one, it's like surgical implants mm. in his bag. Um, I'm trying to think of the... One of the things I was thinking when we watched the 1984 thing is that everything is less than the 2021. Less... What do you mean? Just everything is less. The Baron is less disgusting. Yeah. Um, Paul is less stupid, I guess. Um, Jessica seems less whiny. Like, everything is... It's like It feels like the 2021 version is the 1984 version magnified. Um, this, this, this city is bigger. The, you know, everything is... Though one of the things I, I did... One of the things I'll give the 1984 one that I thought was good was... The spice harvester is covered in sand. Yeah. Whereas in the other one, it's like, it seems much cleaner. Because they, everything's obviously 
clean CGI, everything's pretty, whatever. Yeah. Whereas in 1984, when it's like... The miniatures. Yeah, and yeah. it's like rough, covered in sand, yeah. rusty, and you're like, yeah, that's what it would look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Everything is everything is less less so in the 1984. It's like muted versions of things. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. There was, there was something in particular I was thinking of, but I've forgotten it now. That's fine. Um, yeah. Well, that's been our Dune episode part one. Part one, yeah. We'll, we'll come back. We'll, part, come, we'll come back when the next one comes out. Yeah, part two will be when Dune part two comes out. So, yeah. so, and then we'll watch the rest of the 1984 Dune. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a review of only the first 90 minutes yeah. of 1984 Dune. About the entire three hours of 2021. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. I think I did have the lengths of them. Um, because it was mentioned on IMDb. Yeah, it was... Well, there's the, no... There's so no... it's 155 minutes. So it's just over two and a half hours. Which version? Then I did 2021. Okay. Um, but that's told in the first 90 minutes of the original. Well, like I said, there's bits of it cut out and yeah. there's sequences that are way extended that shouldn't have been and things that are... Yeah. You, yeah it's easier... On page. It's like when we had that conversation about Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Yes, Annihilation is impossible to adapt. Yeah. To and, the that, and as long as you take the, the movie that came out of Netflix and the book and have them as two separate to, things, yeah. it's fine. It's like loosely inspired by Annihilation. But there is no physical the way... By the Southern Reach trilogy, I'll say, yeah. because of some, some of what happens in Annihilation, the movie is definitely inspired by the second book. Yeah. There is no way you'd physically be able to... Um, Put what happens in that first um, Southern Reach in a movie. There's a sequence that don't make sense and would not translate well. Yeah, the there's no way you could do it. There's literally no way you could do it. And what we got was like a weird dancing mimicky thing at mm. the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is not remotely anything like what yeah. was in the yeah. But anyway, we're off. We're off center here. Yeah. Um. Through your giant notes, have you found anything else you want to say? Um, yeah, just on the subject of... Because I mentioned earlier that when we were watching 2021, Dune, I was wondering about the practicality of things. Whether things were just made to look cool or if they're actually practical. And I found in the IMDb notes of the 1984 version that the, um, the still suits... Yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart said it was the most uncomfortable costume he's ever worn. And Max Vincito also said that. So... I don't understand, if you were designing a suit for walking in the desert, why would you design it to be uncomfortable? It should be designed for comfort, as well as the, like, wicking away, or whatever it is, where it gets, gathers your sweat into recycled water. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make sense for it to be an uncomfortable suit, because... But this is the costumes was uncomfortable. Yes, yes. But the, the costumes should be designed for comfort, if the actual thing was designed for comfort. You know what I mean? I don't think this soup is designed for comfort. It's designed to like, keep you alive in the desert. Yeah, and but it's it a thing should that be, pisses you're me not going to be kept alive very well in the desert if you literally can't walk because you're in pain. Yeah, true. Um, that did piss me off in both the movies. In the uh, OG one, they don't have the caps, and in every single close-up of their faces in the 2021 one, the first thing they do is rip them off. 
It's and annoyed me so much. They, so they bought like these nasal cannulas, right? Is that what you're talking about? The nasal cannula thing? Yeah, and, and, the, and just, the caps. Oh, got, and the, right. So the, uh, when they're in the high desert, the only thing that's supposed to be visible is their eyes because yes. it's like, this is, isn't a, your eyes don't sweat yeah. so you don't lose yeah. water out of it. But like, um, Jessica kept ripping the nasal cannula out and I was like, what are you, do, yeah. how are you like breathing right now? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that annoys me and it's, it's very similar to how they do night sequences in movies because... They always have open face guards where, in reality, that never would have happened because yeah. you just take a random piece of shrapnel to the face and that's the end of your king. Right. But in movies, they always have open faces so you can yeah. see the characters and see the yeah, acting. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, in this day and age and you're adapting a movie, like, use another way to do it. Like, it doesn't have to be the standard way of filming actors, you know, you've had, you know, you've got all this ability and you just mm. don't do it in a way where you can show people acting with just their eyes and the yeah. tone of their voice and yeah. their physical body language. Which you just rely, good actors should be able to do. You rely on people's faces being, because otherwise the, the audience is a dum-dum and won't know who the hell's talking. Yeah, it's interesting because that is a difference between stage acting and screen acting is that... Um, when you're acting for stage, it's all about the body language, yeah. all about whatever. Um, whereas for screen acting, everything has to be much subtler because they're going to be focused in on your face yeah. or whatever. So, but most actors who are screen actors have done stage work. Yeah. So they should be able to still convey emotions with it with things covered up. Um, the only other fun fun trivia fact I took down was that Sir Patrick Stewart was cast by mistake. Um, David Lynch meant to hire a different person whose name also was Patrick Stewart and they sent the thing to the wrong person. Well, he did a bloody good job with yeah. Danny. <laughs> it's hilarious. I just thought that's so funny. They accidentally <laughs> hired Sir Patrick Stewart. I love an accident. How do you accidentally hire a fabulous actor? I don't know. It's fantastic. But, you know, I don't think anyone minds that they accidentally hired him. Um, oh, yeah, I think no, next to Sting, he's probably the most famous person in that movie. Well, Dean Stockwell is pretty famous. I mean, not nowadays. He's, yeah. he's passed away. But, um, and Colin McLaughlin, although it was Colin McLaughlin's first feature film, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, what's your name? Shane Young? No, Sean Young, who plays Chani? In comparison to Sting. In, oh, yeah, she's not the same as Sting. Sir Patrick Stewart didn't know who Sting was. When they, he didn't know how to eat pizza until recently. Yeah, he didn't know who Sting was when they were filming that, and he asked him, was he a solo artist, and he told him he was in a band called The Police, and he thought he was in a police band, <sighs> which I think is hilarious. Um, he's weird, lived, oh, he's weird and lived a life. He's lived a weird and interesting before life. We, yeah. Before we finish up, just one more question about the books. What age is Jessica when she gives birth to Paul? Don't think her age comes up. Oh, okay. Because but, like, Paul's, like... He's supposed to be 15. Yeah. But in both films, so in... He appears a lot older. Yeah, well, in the, but it's the age difference is what gets me. Because in the 2021 version, there's only 12 years between the actress who plays Jessica and the actor who plays Paul. And in the 1984 version, there's 14 years between them. Yeah. So is she supposed to be 12 or 13 when she gets worth him? Or... Is that just a weird 
I think you're just Chastity. reading into reading okay. into the casting thing. Okay. Well, I just wanted my, to know. My my favorite one. Um, and you haven't. Se- I don't think you have seen it. Have you? Se- you didn't see the Star Trek. I haven't seen any Star Trek. Anything. Okay. Cool. So uh, you don't have to finish that sentence. The answer is no. Um, uh, Winona Ryder plays Zachary Quinto's mother, and there's two years difference between right, them. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's just casting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we found that with Back to the Future, Peggy yeah. Sue got married, one where the ages are all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, no. Um, yeah, Jessica and Duke. I think Duke Leto was supposed to be like a silver fox, and I think Jessica being that as concubine, not yeah. as wife. wife. Yeah, she's young. Is young. But I was wondering, was it? It wouldn't be totally out of the ordinary if it in like in older cultures for her to be 12 or 13 give yeah. birth. um so it's not not shocking to me if that is what what the case is supposed to be but i don't know if that is it or i assume she was meant to be younger than 20 when she had him possibly i'd say like i'd say she's supposed to be young giving birth but not maybe not that young um there's so much interesting stuff that I'd love to tell you, but well, I just we'll, can't. We'll get around to it next year or the year after, whenever the part two comes out. Yeah. Okay, well, we better wrap up. We're, this is a long episode, but I figured it would be because it's a very long movie with a lot of lore that you were an expert in. Not an expert. <laughs> I've spent 10,000 hours studying Dune. Just, <laughs> I love the original book, and I find the sequels joyous in their own little way and you know there's people out there who are not fans of the next books but i just think that the expanding story of the of the doom universe and the um, characters in said universe are very Mm. interesting are you looking forward to the doom part two yeah okay that's good so you enjoyed them as adaptations both both yes yeah um because they are still unlike world war z they are reasonably close to the source material right. and both of them got things way more right than I expected them to. Okay. Um, and, yeah, they're just, it's just a fantastic little universe within itself. Until other than Frank Herbert died in them. But that's, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, we won't delay any longer. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at it, it takes two underscore pod and on Facebook at it takes two pod and our website is it takes two dot co dot nz. I don't remember how you remember all of those. I don't understand. I'm the one who copies who like puts them into the show notes and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> all right, thank you for joining us. You stay safe out there. All right, goodbye everyone. Bye.